0: Hey everyone, and welcome back to the First trip to William Sport podcast. I'm Mitch, and each week, Pastor Janet and I will be talking more in depth about the message from Sunday morning, asking some tough questions and setting aside time to focus on God during the week. Now this week, we're actually changing pace a little bit and talking about testimonies, and I actually get to share part of my testimony. Thanks for listening. everyone, and welcome back to our podcast here in Williamsport. If you were with us on Sunday, you would have heard a number of different testimonies. And so we were going to change our pace up a little bit and talk a little bit about testimonies this morning. So good morning, Uh, Janet. Thanks for being here again. And I thought that it would be helpful for us to start by talking about what is a testimony. And so, Janet, when you think about testimony, and obviously from a Christian perspective, there's a lot of Christianese, and this is another one of those words that we use a lot. But if you're not Christian, it might be a little confusing. So what is a testimony specifically from the Christian perspective?
1: Sure. Well, it's good to be back again talking about what we um, are focusing on as we move through Romans. And uh, I would just say that I think we can get kind of um, hung up on that word, maybe even a little scared. Like, you know, how do I share my testimony? Am I doing it right? Um, And I think to kind of just lower some anxiety about that, it really is just sharing your story, Uh, It's sharing the difference that Jesus has made um, for you. In Disciple's Journey, Pastor Matt and I, um, in step three, uh, invite everyone who's part of that to share their testimony. And we prepare people for that by helping them understand what that means. And so there's basically three movements that you think about of this was my life before Jesus. This is how I encountered Jesus, and this is the difference that Jesus has made in my life. Hmm. Um, And specifically, we talk to people who are like, I don't know if I ever remember my life before Jesus, because there's a lot of people, if you've grown up in the church, Mm -hmm. it'd be like, Well, I don't know what to say, uh, but that is part of your testimony, if that's your story of like, you know, I don't remember a time when I didn't know who Jesus was, but I think all of us, as we grow in our relationship with Jesus, we have these moments where Jesus becomes more to us or more real to us. And so it helps to kind of start to um, think about those moments and share that and include that in your story.
0: Right. Right. One of the things that we've talked about at in staff meetings, and because we talk about what the next year's sermon series are going to be, one of the topics that we would love to hear more about, and we've talked about from time to time, is modern modern day evangelism. Uh, in this conversation, or this concept, or question of what does it mean to evangelize? What does it mean even to share our testimony in a way that makes sense? In today's day and age, uh, and I guess going back to definition, I have the um, uh, I have the the actual definition because it's the, the word testimony isn't just a Christian word. It's used in the court of uh, in court or in the, the legal field, and the definition is a formal written or spoken statement, especially one given in a court of law, uh, and so. Oftentimes, I think when we use these words, it's important for us to understand that we use words that other people might not have access to or they haven't been exposed to from, um, from the beginning. But this is tied very closely to our understanding of evangel- evangelism. Is that fair, a fair statement?
1: I think it is a fair statement because I think while we may not have many opportunities or the there may not be many times where the right thing to do is to tell your whole Jesus story, you know, to sit down with somebody and go through your whole life in like 30 minutes of like, this is the total impact that Jesus has made. You're probably not going to do that very often because there's probably going to be very, very few circumstances where that would be helpful to another person to hear that. But all of us, I think, as we um, have relationships with other people who are not Christians, not followers of Jesus, we have opportunities to speak into their hurts or to speak into their struggles um, with the difference that Jesus has made in our life. And so I think we have opportunities to share snippets Mm -hmm. or aspects of our story. And in order to be able to do that, I think it's helpful for us to really be clear on what our story is.
0: Yeah, and we were talking a little bit before uh, this recording of the podcast about that specific uh, nature of it, of being able to key in on how you how you felt or what circumstance that you were in. Uh, was there shame, or was there uh, was there grieving that you were going through? Was there loneliness? What part of your story that you uh, because Jesus speaks into every one of of these afflictions, these hurts, these hang-ups that we have in our lives, and for us to be able to articulate that and then to be able to share that. Like you're saying that this is a way for us to connect with people and as a, and be able to direct towards that source of hope that we have found and be able to speak into other people's lives as well. I, th- I just think that that's, for me, from our conversation earlier, was really helpful to identify why this can be such or is such a powerful tool uh, for us to be able to build relationship and then be able to direct towards the gospel.
1: Yeah, I think that's really true. And I think, unfortunately, many of us are not very practiced Mm -hmm. at sharing our story. And so um, I would hope that this experience of hearing some people share their stories in the context of worship would spur us on to perhaps... maybe get with someone in your life group or someone that you feel really comfortable with and have that experience of saying, would you just listen to me sharing my story because I need to become better able to share this with somebody who may need to hear a part of my story because of what they're going through.
0: Right. Well, we also thought it might be pertinent for one of us to share part of our testimony. So maybe not the whole uh, story. And so I-
1: I, I think, Mitch, because your story, especially because it has a bit of a connection to Romans, mm-hmm. it just seems perfect for where we're at right now. So uh, I think it would be wonderful if you would share a bit of your story.
0: I would, I would be happy to. Uh, so part of my story, or my story, uh, growing up, I grew up going to church and I grew up going to a Presbyterian church, actually, and so and I was I was baptized when I was a teenager, and so there was that decision. But to be completely honest, I wasn't entirely sure, really, what I was doing. Now there's theological questions to that, uh, and and I really had a close association with Christianity as being a good person, uh, and so if I since I was like, well, I think I'm a pretty good person, and that's what. Christianity means, right? Which I come obviously later to find out that's not what it means, right? Uh, but that was my understanding. And so I was connected and I would go to church um, uh, on a regular basis and connected with with our youth ministry there. And eventually I go, I go to college and I went for music and I had an opportunity to uh, play around the world, actually, in a lot of different places and experienced success in a variety of ways. And what I remember feeling and thinking over and over again is that as I would accomplish something, that that would be the thing that would fill me up. That uh, if I would travel to this place, all of a sudden, oh, well, I've traveled there, and now like uh, I'll be filled for however long. Or if I would win first seat in this symphony, then uh, then I'm the I'm gonna be able to make it, you know, or something like that. Like everything is gonna make sense, or I'm eventually gonna arrive, and I would never arrive, and I would always kind of be filled with this this void in my life, and uh, and that just happened over and over and over again. And I remember I was playing with the American Wind Symphony. And I came back from being on tour with them down. Uh, it was a really great experience being able to play down after Kachuka, the Hurricane Hurricane Katrina. And we played for people that um, that had lost everything from this hurricane and be able to uh, play music for free at, at, in libraries and in hospitals. And it was just an amazing experience. And I came back... Uh, once again, I was, I was still feeling empty, and I was provided an opportunity to go and volunteer at a Christian camp. <laughs> and so Camp Chrysalin, which is pretty close to Williamsburg, about 45 minutes away or so, uh, I went and volunteered for two weeks, and it just wrecked me. It just changed my life, because what I, what I remember feeling leaving there is that I was filled up, and I didn't know why. I had to, all these other things that I, you know, which seem much more, um, much more important, maybe from like a worldly perspective than working at a uh, at a camp for free. Uh, that camp experience and just being able to be there for students, and uh, and be a good role model, and explore faith even though I was exploring faith myself, <laughs> it was just a deeply, deeply meaningful experience. And so I went back to school. And, uh, and during that year, um, a couple of things happened or later on. Uh, so my, my um, French horn professor, my mentor, uh, he was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer. And uh, four months later, he passed away. Uh, just very unexpectedly. And he was someone in my life that represented uh, just the good things in life. He would always say, good good guys can finish first. It doesn't have to, you know, you don't have to be that person you think you need to be to succeed in life. And uh, he's just an amazing, amazing man. Uh, uh, De- uh, Dennis Abelson was his name. And then a, a long-term relationship I was in ended. And I remember just sitting in my dorm room, just wondering, what is going on? The things that I thought, I thought I had everything figured out. I think I'm experiencing success, but at the same time, I'm still feeling empty. I don't know what to do with it. But then I remembered going to church when I was younger, and I remember going to that camp. And so I sought out a Presbyterian church in Pittsburgh. Uh, Side Presbyterian Church, and that's where I met my eventual, uh, he was my campus minister, Dave Bindelwald, uh, and who, uh, he, like, for about a year, sat with me once a week, and I said, I know Christianity believes this, but I don't know why. Can you show me? And it was just topic after topic after topic after topic that, that he would be there. We'd get sushi or get coffee or whatever it was. And it was a deeply meaningful time, informative time for me. And eventually, we were studying the book of Romans. And uh, we were talking about when in Romans where it says, you know, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. Uh, And this is to accept Jesus into your life. And I remember uh, leaving that Bible study and driving home on a rainy night in a 1996 Chevy Cavalier that had no heating in it. (laughs) Uh, I remember sitting in that car and confessing with my mouth and, and inviting God into my life in a way that I never had before. Uh, and so that's how, that was the moment that I, I, I point to and say, I gave my life to Christ at that moment. There's all these things that led up to it. Um, but that I think going to that specific that we were talking about, you know, when I come across individuals that keep on grasping for meaning in their life, but they're grasping in places that I know aren't going to lead them to think it's just going to be a constant trying to like fill that void. That's where I want to like sit down with them. Like, I know what that feels like. That was my experience. That was my life. There's a better way to do it. There's a, you know, we we're talking about this ruler. I served that ruler of fame and money and like self worth for a very long time. And every single time it came up empty. And I, once I started serving God, I have never been empty. I know what it feels like. And so so just going and naming that specific earlier was deeply meaningful to hear that. I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, it just goes back to, I guess, I mean, just to, to, I guess, bring it around, like, why why sharing our testimonies are so important? Because it's such a reminder to myself of, I mean, and that's not exactly the only reason we do it, but it's a reminder to ourself of how God has worked in that, and, and that we can point to that. And, and walk away from sharing that in a way that that's like, oh yeah, like that, that is my story. Mm -hmm. Um, anyway, so, so thanks for listening, Janet. Mm -hmm. And thank you if you're listening. Thanks for, thanks for listening to, to my testimony.
1: Oh uh, well, thank you for sharing it. And there's so many threads that I really want to pull on. So, and I think we can use your testimony as like an example of the power of testimony and how to share testimony. Because as I was listening to you, Mitch, if I had to summarize everything that you said, I would sh- say that your story is about feeling empty, finding Jesus, feeling full. Hmm. Like, that's what all of those little pieces, but there's so many threads that you could pull on with that. Um, You could pull on the thread about the importance of other relationships. Um and and the the insignificant role not only that Dave Bindewald played with you but also going back and this is many people's story the significant impact of your parents Mm. that you were raised in the Christian church so when you encountered that crisis of meaning and finding fulfillment in life there was something in there were seeds that had been planted that had not yet grown but Mm -hmm. they were there yeah. That is so many people's story. And I just think that's such an encouragement to parents. and if you if you're a parent of teenagers that you're wondering.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, right. Well, I so I worked in campus ministry after this. So I came to faith and then uh, worked for an organization called for the CCO, uh, which is located in Pittsburgh, which is eventually how I found my way to back to Williamsport. But one of the things that happens is that, that I came across over and over again, speaking to the parents, just being so nervous about this, is that, that parents would, would come to me when their students were, were high school students and say, we, we, we want to get them connected right now, you know, whatever we can do. And, and I, I would never say it, but what I wanted to say was, it's, you know, it's, gonna, it's their choice. You got, this, is a, this is an opportunity for you to trust. That the seeds that have been planted, uh, and maybe I should have said that, (laughs) but I didn't have the language to at the time. But I think that again, I look at that in my story. I'm like, well, well, God, God is present in there, and and uh, if we try to manufacture that for our children, it's never going to give them an opportunity to truly own their faith.
1: Yes, because they have to confess with their mouth yes. and believe in their heart. You can't do it for them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And,
0: yeah. and so, so I anyway, just go responding to that. I just saw that over and over yeah. again. And I just want to, you know, maybe I'll have better language and just give them a hug. It's going to be all right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, the other thing that I was thinking about uh, that your story points out to is, you know, you're really in a rather distinguished line of people who have been impacted by Romans. If you've listened to our earlier podcasts, I mean, there is an incredible story of Augustine and Martin Luther, you know, and John Wesley. I mean, it's amazing the number of people who had a significant encounter with Christ uh, through studying the book of Romans and now, you know, we're gonna put Mitch Marcello. Uh, in there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> one of millions of of people. It's yeah. I mean and it, going back to one of the things we talked about before is, is is one of the reasons why it's called a masterpiece.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The other thing that I just want to highlight of what's not in your story what's not in your story you were you used the word theology and i can't remember exactly what you said um in that sentence but it was kind of like it wasn't theology that brought you to Christ, nor is theology really part of your story. Uh, And I think that that, I hope people hear that as freeing. You don't have to deeply understand (laughs) all that we've read in Romans so far to be able to tell your story. Mm. Your story is the difference Jesus has made in your life. And theology can absolutely enrich that. And I am all for studying theology but you don't have to have it all in your head in order to be able to share a story that will impact other people and make a difference.
0: Yeah. The simple gospel. There's a song called the simple gospel. And obviously we talk about the simple gospel, but I think it's a beautiful term. And actually my father, I always tell people that he embodies the simple gospel Mm -hmm. better than anybody that I know. Mm -hmm. Uh, And someone that, that loves people regardless of their situation Their circumstance, who they are, uh, and and just believe so deeply in Jesus and what Jesus has done in His life and lives that out day to day. Um, I think anyway. So thank you uh, for for recognizing that. The I can I I think I that the encouragement that I can I try to give myself is that sometimes when I overthink some things, I can move away from the living out of the simple gospel, because I'm so focused on, on overthinking uh, things through. But not to say we shouldn't study, because I think it's important for us to study.
1: Right. Mm. Well, I know in Disciple's Journey, many people are nervous about sharing their story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the things we often say before people share their story is that you are sharing your story, and no one knows your story better than you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I hope that's freeing to yeah. people.
0: One of the things that we did uh, when I was preparing to go onto campus for the first time is that we uh, were trained, and I didn't do a good job doing a three-minute <laughs> summary here, but we were we were timed to give our, our testimony in 30 seconds and three minutes, and then the 30 minutes. Now, 30 minutes can ebb and flow as you need, but basically saying however long you need in that situation. Uh, But one of the things that we talked about also preparing for this conversation was that there are individuals that have never shared their testimony. What encouragement would you give to those individuals about the importance of finding a time or a place or an individual to share their testimony with?
1: I would say that we want to be... um... Scripture says, always be ready to give an answer for the hope that you have in you. Mm-hmm. And if you live in the hope of Jesus Christ, I would guess that people are gonna notice that. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's on us, it's our responsibility to be ready when someone notices that something's different about us to explain what it is. Most of us can't do that off the cuff, we need to practice. And those who share our faith are, should be the easiest people to practice with. And so, don't wait until you have the opportunity to speak into someone else's life. I'd I'd say the encouragement that I have is is pr- practice. Mm-hmm. Be prepared, and and choose someone that you feel really, really comfortable with. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter who it is, uh, uh, but someone that's going to you know make you feel like okay, I can I can say, uh, let me say that again, or you know I can whatever, um, so that you're not nervous.
0: Yeah. Well, one of the encouragements that I would give to people that maybe they have given their testimony, uh, but I have the opportunity to work with leaders or Christians in a variety of different places um, at times. And I'll ask a question, how many of you, you know, these Christian leaders or people that have been going to church for a long time, uh, how many of you uh, spend a good amount of time with people that are not Christian? And oftentimes uh, the answer is I don't spend time with people that are not Christian, and I think related to this conversation with t- with sharing testimony is that if we if we are not around people that that don't have this perspective, it's going to limit our um, ability or our opportunities to really share uh, what God has done in our lives. I mean, we can we should share it with each other as as edification and as reminders. And there are individuals that are lonely. There are individuals that have walked through the things that you have walked through or Mm -hmm. are walking through Mm -hmm. uh, a a desert and that are searching. Uh, And unless we as Christians are intentional about going and building relationships with individuals, uh, that story, this, this tool, our testimony uh, isn't going to have, uh, the opportunity to really sing, you Mm. know, to be utilized Mm. the way that God wants us to be utilized as we share the gospel, you know, to confess and to, uh, confess with our mouth and to accept in our heart. Right. Mm.
1: Yeah. I I loved when you said our testimony won't have the opportunity to sing Mm. because I think our testimony should sing. Mm. Um, and again, I keep referring to Disciples Journey, but that's because where I hear a lot of people share their testimony. So often, it's the case where people will begin to share their testimony feeling really nervous, really nervous. And then when they're done, they feel really good. Mm-hmm. Because and, and I watched that on your face. This is a podcast, so people couldn't see your face. But as you shared your testimony, you became more and more um, higher energy. And uh, like, I could see you smiling. Your eyes were smiling. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it is just good to remember the difference that Jesus has made in our lives.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us uh, Jana, I'll give you the last word for today and ask you to pray. Um, but hopefully this is a, a, a beautiful encouragement and a reminder to share your testimony, spend some time with it, spend some time with someone else, and maybe ask them what their testimony is, uh, or part of it. Um, and also to to be on the lookout for people that might need to hear uh, the words uh, uh, that you have to share with them.
1: Yeah, that's true. Well, can I invite us to pray? God, we just give you thanks for the ways that you encounter us, break into our lives. God, for the ways in which you speak to us, whether that's through the words of Scripture, through another person, or God, when we just have a sense that you are with us. God, I thank you for Mitch and for the ways in which he has encountered you and been filled up with you. And God, I pray for everyone who's listening to this podcast. God, I pray that you will help us to see clearly the difference that you have made in our lives. God, I pray that you will give us opportunities as we interact with others to share our story. God, I pray that you will give us the courage to speak of who you are, that we would not be ashamed of the gospel. And God, I just pray that your spirit would move, that God, um, people would be drawn to you, and God, that you would help us to be your faithful servants. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.
0: Hey, thanks for tuning into this conversation. Uh, Our hosts, again, are me, Mitch Marcello, and Janet Derwachter. Our editor is Katie Conrad. And if you want to hear the full message that we discuss, you can find them on our anchor.fm or YouTube channel. You can learn more about First Church by checking out our website, downloading our app, or following us on Facebook and Instagram by searching at First Church Williamsport. Thanks so much. Have a blessed day.